Welcome in. It's SV Pod. Stanford, Steve, and I talking divisional round of the playoffs with an eye on championship weekend. I got the team I don't think is going to lose and will win the Super Bowl. Also, some thoughts on Tennessee. Tough spot for that fan base. You guys are kind of prisoners to what you once were. It's not unique to you, but you're the team we're talking about. We'll get to that in just a minute. Vivid Seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part, each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Also, you know about First Take, but how about First Take, Her Take? A brand new podcast hosted by Charlie Arnold, Kimberly Martin, and Cheney Ogumake. They discuss and debate the biggest sports stories, delve into topics about their lives and culture. Subscribe, rate, and review First Take, Her Take, and SV Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And action. We are... Uh... We're not we're not doing TV shows this week. Uh, we're in Washington D.C. Don't know if you've seen pictures of it. It's a bit um, bit dodgy downtown. Stanford, Steve, you got a you got a picture recently? From- yeah, there's fencing. I I don't even know. We couldn't even get close to where our studio is. Nope, not even possible. So we're so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna stand down from doing a TV show because it's just a TV show about sports. We'll let the important business that needs to get transacted get transacted and then we'll circle back and we'll be back in the studio sunday night at which point we will know the matchup for the super bowl and i would suggest steve that given the storylines that we've had in the nfl throughout this bizarre year which salutes everybody that figured out how to make it happen i mean there was a couple really insane moments there where you know broncos didn't have a quarterback browns didn't have some wide receivers or whatever but they got they got here and it took a lot to get here so salute to everybody involved for for getting here but you've got rogers and brady Mm -hmm. and you've got mahomes and allen and i would argue that those are the best storylines you could have in terms of the star power of the quarterbacks the storylines associated with the franchises and the teams who are collectively playing their best at the end. Baltimore, who you know last week, Steve, I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked them a lot. Had they won, it would be equally as interesting because Baltimore hasn't been able to beat Kansas City. So Baltimore, Buffalo, that storyline, I think that there are levels to each one that made each really interesting. But outside of that, you get you get Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes like those are the three biggest star quarterbacks in the league and they're all still standing and so from from an all you really want are interesting storylines and a great Super Bowl possibility and I don't see any way we don't get some matchup of the cards coming out of the deck where we got a really good hand in in Tampa Bay in a few weeks uh not at all uh I am a little hurt all I've wanted I'd say for probably the last 10 years when both teams were probably at the bottom of the bottom All I've wanted to see is a Bills-Browns AFC championship game to go to the Super Bowl, and I feel like that was as close as it could have gotten. I I don't don't think it could get any closer. Um, No, you're right. It was was there for Cleveland. Right there. Right there. And and I salute uh, them. 
I salute them. I mean, look at like think about think about the Browns last year. All of this, all of the conversation about like all this star power, and you throw it all together. And you, listen, you and you and me, Rosillo, big Freddie Kitchens guys, all about it. Dude showed up in a suit and a hat, and mm-hmm. you know it didn't work. You know mm-hmm. it didn't work. And Stefanski's buttoned up, shows up, and maybe maybe he benefits from. All right, we we kind of got rid of all that all that bluster last year. Now we can just hunker down and get to the to the business at hand. Whatever it was, all credit to them. They 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 got to the they got to the playoffs. They beat Pittsburgh, a nemesis on the road. And I mean, look, Mahomes, he was out on his feet. And credit to Henny, he made plays. Credit to Andy Reid for for you know, I, I, big brave big brave bowls. Oh, shout out, oh, shout out Robbie Toss. Is that the word? Wow. Uh, it, there's a lot. I was quoting Snatch. There's two types of bulls in this world. Um, Andy Reid had the big brave kind on fourth. And look, I mean, I love the play call just because you got Tyreek. I mean, no one's faster than him. It just you have to execute. A, you're a former quarterback. I mean, I, the stakes are pretty high, but I mean, that's a throw Henny can make in his sleep, can he? Yeah, that's a catch. That's a, that's a throw, though, that we don't. Quarterbacks of the past never did. There was never the catch and throw screens. You have to realize what practice these guys go through. When it's shotgun, they'll get 100 snaps a day. They can't wait yeah. for the laces. You have to learn how to throw it out the laces. Now you have to learn to throw how quick it is, and you have to learn how to throw, how to throw with someone as fast as Tyreek Hill. I do want to go back to the Browns in that game. Because no, that for game, sure, I was, for sure, for sure. I guess I'm saying like that. That's how. That's what it. That's what it took to beat him. That's what it took to beat Cleveland. And, go ahead. And that's what I was gonna say. Cleveland could not have had anything go more wrong in the first half. And I just thought they did a great job of attacking when they had to. They obviously made mistakes, mental, physical. It's gonna happen. But they elongated the game as much as possible and got right back in it and had a chance to do the damn thing on the road. And that just shows me, like, Stefanski, you talked about it. I can't imagine, like, three days into practice, maybe, you know, four, where he was just like, you know what? Like, we just got to tighten up some things. We have all the pieces. Look at all the tight ends they have. I mean, they're young and, and the back end. But, like, you know, you got Miles Garrett as a game changer, you know, kind of nullified. But Baker could do this thing, you know? I mean, I, yeah, Higgins made the bad bad play, reaching the ball in the end zone. Jarvis Landry's a stud. Um, it's, it's, it's just – it's that close, and it's, it's it's that close of a league. You saw we talked about Kansas City all year. Um, you know, were they messing with teams? How they would come out? Shout out to our guy Gifford Gould who has said Browns. You know, no doubt, didn't even sweat. He said had it the whole time. Um, hey, but a little, it's, a little sweat, a little sweat there for a bit. <laughs> it's uh, the right side though. Right I, side. I, I also like Andy Reid's mask. What? It's like. <laughs> There's no strap above the ears, okay? And he's got the strap underneath the ears. And then he's got like a, like, I all I can think of is like a dog at the dog track, like when they put the muzzle on and like sure. the thing just like gnarls through it. Cause then he's got the hole where he puts the microphone for the headset on. No one has a mask like Andy Reid. And he started the face shield <laughs> thing week one. No one has spent more intellectual capital talking and thinking about masks than Stanford Steve, whether it's Mooney's mask at Richmond, whether it's Reed's mask from week one, where he started with sort of the, like the welders sort of shield. And now he's got all sorts of things going on, but there, 
the Chiefs, the Chiefs are 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 the most interesting question mark because their ceiling's so high, and I just feel like they so rarely play to it. And um, what Cleveland did again, credit to all all the way through what mm. they what it took to get there. That there's no consolation in that. But when you're no. as a fan base, when you've lived as long as you have waiting. To feel genuine optimism, they gave you reasons to feel genuinely optimistic about where you're at and about what this next little chunk of time can be. But to your larger point, this Buffalo-Cleveland, like the odds of that's as close as it, Buffalo's already there. And then Cleveland just had to figure out a way to get a stop. They mm-hmm. couldn't get it. They punted. And there's always these questions about like, you're going to you're not going for at that part of the field. You're just no. not. You're no. not going for it on that part of your field and that part of the game, and you're banking on getting a stop in Henny and the play of the game. Sure, the fourth down play, Henny gets 13 on a third and 14. I don't know how. I have no idea how he got that. How he got that many yards to to set up the opportunity for Andy Reid to be big, brave, and uh, you know run the play to Tyreek. Shout out to the refs, too, because that was the perfect spot for that ball. You're exactly right. It was perfect. And those guys are in on real the time. Really, that was that was re- like it went down right where it was. Like you thought he might have leaned over it, but it was perfect. And shout out to the refs. Go refs. Something you should know about Stanford, Steve. He hates the fact that you go back and you review it and he's and, and, and then you get it right. And then in everyone slow motion eight times. They, that, that's that's the that's the <laughs> phrasing right there. Yeah, of course they figured it out. Slow motion eight times. Those guys got it right in real time, with the stakes as high as they could be. Um, I want to I want to talk about Buffalo. Two 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 pieces of this. Mm-hmm. They were as hot as anybody going to get into the playoffs. That game against the Colts was a giant stress burger because the Colts are capable. Mm-hmm. You got a vet in Rivers. You got a you know a lot of, a lot went into that game. It, it ended up being a you know you had to survive a hail mary. Blah blah blah. But I got that. I I. I like the Colts all week to maybe win on the field just because of the stress associated with Buffalo. I haven't gotten there yet. Josh Allen hadn't won a game yet, et cetera, et cetera. So then you get Baltimore, and I loved Baltimore in that spot. And it really comes down to two plays in my mind. There's a second down on the, whatever it is, seven-yard line. Jackson's got Hollywood Brown coming across the, across the formation, and he's nude. Mm-hmm. But the, the the Bills rush gets home, and Jackson's got to get rid of it quick, and he misses him. And then the next play is a 101-yard interception return for a touchdown, and that essentially puts the game to bed. Baltimore scores three points total in the game. So for me to sit here and say the game was was right there for them to, to win, people were like, wow, then they, was, they only scored three. You're right, they only scored three. Buffalo had 220 yards of offense in the game total. And... So what I'm saying is all credit to Buffalo for winning. The, the first one, I think, it was I, I get the nerves of the game. The second is a really capable veteran Ravens defense. Mm-hmm. But it's like they, I, you're, they're going to need to be a whole lot different against the Chiefs than, than they were against Baltimore. Because 220 yards off, I guess I could have. No, you're all right. Everything you said is obviously right because you're always right, first of all. Second of all, true. you did have the Ravens. No big, no big deal. Yeah. But so I, 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 I also also had the Rams, also had the Saints. <laughs> had that. So not right, not right, not right. 0-4-3 in the division. I didn't want to bring up the team from my favorite state in the country. Um, Hold on. Buffalo. 
I do think there is something to just getting the win, though. Like For the sure. win, you know. Of course, of you course. Saw a couple things: the Justin Tucker, the missed field goal is right there. You're like, whoa! Like this is real. Like the win, you know. I, talking to people before, you know, the win going to be a factor. It's Buffalo. It's Lamar in the you know cold. Is Lamar going to be all right? Look who it affected. The biggest Hall of Famer that was on the field. Um, and then I think Buffalo got a little weird. They didn't even try and run the ball. Never tried to run the ball. And I don't know, like, Dable, I love the guy, but, like, is that just because you thought you had an advantage or you just couldn't run the ball and you didn't want to use up Singletary and you didn't trust, the, you know, him in the cold? I don't know. But they didn't even attempt to run in the first half. So I, I maybe they tried to outsmart themselves. Um, I, I lo- obviously loved what I saw from the defense. I went back and, and watched the game from the year before. I thought they did a really good job of containing Lamar in, in, in a 24-17 game. But, you know, as you said, as that game mounts, you can't keep relying on that defense. And I say it all the time in this league now, especially watching this weekend. I don't understand how you play good defense. Like, it literally, to me, is like you just have to avoid getting flags on third down and just get the hell off the field. Like, give you obviously give up field goals when there's touchdowns, but it is so hard. to. I mean, there was a flag in a Kansas City-Cleveland game that was called on the Kansas City defense. It, the, the ref picked up the ball and was bringing it back to the line of scrimmage, and the flag came in. Like, it's, it is really dicey, but I do – Buffalo's gotten a lot better where they need to – um, you know, on the defensive side, Beasley doesn't look right. He doesn't get a catch. You know, obviously the Moss loss, um, it's, it's, you know, Josh got a little antsy there, but the defense bails him out. And, you know, yeah, that's the biggest question. Do they have enough offense against Kansas City? And it's it, both of these games will be will be rematches of regular season games. And I, I, you know how I feel about that. I really dislike using them as a, as a, measuring stick because the teams are completely different your health is completely different i do think that the script that kansas city used on a rainy i want to say it was like a tuesday night yeah or maybe it was a no it was a monday night and it was was supposed to be a thursday game it was supposed to be a thursday game whatever the hell it was it was a rainy night in buffalo and kansas city well they did the thing that teams do to kansas city they tried to play keep away they ran it They ran it and they kept the ball and like they wanted to keep Allen and that explosive Bills offense off the field. And I mean, I still believe I'm, I'm not saying I think the Bills explosive offense is done. I just think that you're going to need to do a whole lot more exploding than you did in 220 yards of offense against Buffalo, a ball against Baltimore to win. But you, you hit the nail. The most important thing, A, is win the game. Mm-hmm. And you also hit on a key point. The most important thing to, to do especially in the playoffs, is get off the field on third down. And it's so hard, especially against Kansas City. And it's such a pet peeve of ours. I can't tell you how many times on third down it's an incompletion. You pressure Mahomes, whatever. And then you see Mahomes pointing and he gets every flag. He's like young Brady. They get every call and maybe they get every call because they've got so many so many weapons on the field and invariably somebody's holding or doing something they're not supposed to do. But it's just like it's so frustrating playing against that defense, against that offense, because you cannot get off the field. Um, but before we move on, I do want to talk about the uh, about the Buffalo Bills and their fans, uh, the Bills Mafia. Those people, they make it really easy to focus on jumping off RVs onto folding tables that are on fire, uh, doing what we would call dizzy izzies. Some people call them bat races. Put your head on a wiffle ball bat, spin around in circles, 
run face first into a bus during Are you a tailgate. Good at those? No one's good at them. Actually, you probably would be because you're no. impervious to you're impervious to booze. But there's Certain no human things in- I tap out on, Scott, and those are <laughs> drinking games. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, your Steve's drinking game is this: start at breakfast, drink until it's dark. <laughs> no, those you want yeah, are over. play silly games, get silly prizes. You're not going to mess around with Steve and win that game. But here's the thing about those people: for all the jokes and all the nonsense and all the fun and games, when push comes to shove. There is not a fan base in sports that I am aware of who comes up bigger than they do. And I'm talking about $360,000 in donations that started organically from a Bills fan that sent, I want to believe it was like eight bucks or 17 bucks to Lamar Jackson after he got concussed in the game to his charity called Blessings in a Backpack. What do they do? They provide food on weekends to kids in elementary school who might not be getting those meals when they're not in school. And in a day, the Buffalo Bills Mafia $360,000 to his charity. And you're thinking, I've heard that before. Yeah. Interestingly enough, when Andy Dalton beat Baltimore on the last game of the season in Baltimore a couple of seasons ago, which propelled the Bills to the playoffs for the first time in forever, it was $300,000 in a day or so to Andy Dalton's charity. And you're thinking, well, I've, wait, I've heard something more recently. Yeah, seven figures in the name of Josh Allen to the Children's Hospital in Buffalo. And no one's asking them to do this. Like no one, no one said, Hey, could you, could you lend your, your, your support to this cause? They just do it. And so, yeah, do they get hammered and dive unfolding to Yep. They, this is not about whether we got hammered and dove off an RV on a flaming folding table. We did, but that fan base does more unsolicited than any other fan base that I am aware of in sports. And Steve, they deserve to be praised for that. They deserve to be acknowledged for what they are. Passionate, hammered, yes, but charitable and massive hearts, that too. And that's awesome, man. I want to say this about the Bills Mafia, and I'm going to go back to the 90s with the four Super Bowls. I, I was a... I was an NFL crazed fan. I was a Brett Favre fan, but I, when looking back, I rooted for the Bills in every single Super Bowl, and I really think that fan base got to the point where they might have realized it wasn't going to turn out well, and they got the sense of embracing the journey, enjoying it in, taking in every eight of the of the of the home games every season. You know, looking forward to dying to get a home playoff game. Like that fan base, it feels like it's just. They, they've taken that and it's and it's different because a lot of NFL fan bases have, you know, have come corporate. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll say Not it. I'll bring, up, I'll, I'll bring up the 49ers. All of a sudden last year, you guys are the faithful. I never heard of that. Where, where were you guys <laughs> for two decades? Like, come on. <laughs> Bill's Mafia is always there. I couldn't say it better than you. Awesome people. We know a couple people, you know, through work that are season ticket holders. Uh, talk to them. Shout out Marlette. Go Bill's. Go Bills. Um, so go Bills one more week. Really, uh, really hope the best for them. Well, how did you were telling me before we started? Because I told you I wanted to I wanted to make sure we we acknowledge this fan base. You told me that um Tyler you told me that, you told me that our guy Tyler Twelman. Um Tyler, they, they they gave the intern a show. Tyler's he's got, Tyler's got a show? He's got a show, Sports Nation. Yeah. 
Like he's, I, he, I heard about that. He's that's got so the intern great. sweater with the tie on underneath. Oh, yep. that's so great. We love Tyler. What did he? Uh, what did he do he, on those? He compared Bills Mafia to the frat house on your campus that just had the best all-out parties. Whether it was keg stands and you know everybody showed up. Sure. It was the wildest night on campus. And then Saturday night, as you're you know waiting for your you know food to be delivered your breakfast uh, or brunch pizza to be delivered, you look outside and that frat house is all in suit and ties and going to church uh, on Sunday morning. And you're like, wait, was that the same people who were with me? And, you know, and he said, yes, no doubt is. I'd be at the party, but I, I I couldn't be one of those that was waking up. So I thought it was a really good comparison and shout out to Tyler for getting his own show. That's super. Uh, we yeah. know it's Taylor. We love him. He's, he's one of the good guys, but uh you know, it's kind of a long, long joke. Just don't want to people yeah. to fire. You know, just don't want to send him notes and tell him that we called him Tyler, which we do. He knows we do. Um, I don't think that Green Bay is losing. Oh, I'm right there with you. I, I, I've here's one thing I will say after watching the Saints, we know what we talked about last week. What I thought of the Saints, and I Steve literally hates, was Steve hates the Saints, hates the Saints, my eyes out. And guess what? You never have to watch their offense as constructed again. Ball in my eyes out last night uh, or the night before when that video came out of, of Brady throwing a ball to Breeze's kid and him and, and Breeze talking on the field in the empty Superdome. Like, that stuff is crazy, man. Like, I couldn't stop crying uh, watching that stuff. Just awesome. Awesome. You really got to see Brady. Well, you know what that is, in my opinion. I, I How many people truly know what it is to be those two guys? Mm-mm. Like cup your hands together, right? That many. And so here's a peer. Here's a guy that you haven't done a lot of battling with just because your paths haven't crossed. Cause one guy's in the NFC, one guy's in the AFC for the majority of the time. And um, yeah, I, there was something like, it's weird. It's like this voyeuristic thing where I, you know, they know that people are looking at him, but they don't give a because it's no. like, it's their moment for them. Yep. And him throwing it to Breeze's kids. And, the, you know, as parents, you know, I became a dad later in life. You, you, you know, you did, too, to a degree. Like, you, you have such a different view into the world. Like, it, there's no comparison in our business for a moment like that. But if there were, your kids and my kids wouldn't care that we're ha- like, they'd just be being maniacs running around and seeing Breeze's kids doing what kids do. His daughter's doing Brady, knee drops on the kid. Brady's throwing touchdowns to the guy. I mean, it was. Brady it, tells one of the Brady really tells pure. one of the sons, "Be nice to your sister." Like it was pure, just, man. It's so really, good, really um, pure. But, uh, but none of that has anything to do with the Saints' offense that you don't have to watch again. But go ahead. Going back, I I thought Green Bay as soon as Saturday came. I'm like this team. Like everybody wondered, you know, about Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They come out, they do a little bunch set. How 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 is how are they going to get Devontae Adams free? They just motion him across the side. It's a, it was a quick real route on the first drive. It's like Green Bay is locked in here. They know exactly what they have to do offensively. And they feel like now, I don't want to see Brady Patriots, but you really got to hold on. And I thought Romo did a good job of talking about the Browns defending the Chiefs. Like, all right, the days are over of trying to defend them on the back end. You got to come after Mahomes because the longer he holds on to the ball, the worse it's going to get for you. And that's Rodgers to a T. He might even be better at it now because I just he, he's just he's seen everything so much more. 
Um, but to get back to Green Bay, I agree with you. The one thing I will say is that there wasn't a bigger difference maker in any of the games than the return of Devin White, that heat-seeking missile the Buccaneers have on defense. That well, he, guy I, is a freakazoid. Yeah, he's he's not he's not <laughs> regular. He's not regular, and he Brady's going to get all the love because it's Brady, and the quarterbacks get all the accolades that rightfully come with being what they are. But th- they won because of their defense. They won because the the Saints def- I mean, the Saints offense kept Breeze had no threat of throwing it downfield. They just sat on everything in the middle, and I mean the the, the Buccaneers defense led by him. Uh, they just they flipped the game on its head. I mean, the Saints have got the ball and a seven-point lead, and it's even. Now you're down, and then they're just – that Saints offense couldn't do anything. I There was no chance they were going to, like, go to Winston because they just didn't all year. No. When Breeze was – they didn't go to Winston. They went to Taysom. But no Taysom. You let you go a trick play, and Jameis throws it. I, I kept seeing, you know, people say uh, – t- granted, it's Twitter, but it's like, oh, man, they got to give they got to give Jameis a chance. Like, imagine Breeze getting benched in his last game to give Jameis a chance – but at least he could have thrown the ball 40 yards down the field with some pop on. I mean, it's just it, as much as Breeze has been great throughout his career. I mean, he was limited and that limited the Saints. But I, Michael I, Thomas, zero catches, not one. And there was some chit chat going back and forth on the bird from the Buccaneers defense to him. And, you know, uh, look, you, I, that's the that's the price you pay, you know, to be on social media in, in, in this day and age. Guys are going to come at you. He didn't have a catch. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe. Um, Somebody called him Slant Boy, I believe they called him. Oh, which seems which seems like a pretty dismissive way of describing a guy that had like 190 catches a year ago when he was healthy. Yeah. He, he was but, also massively injured and is going to have uh, surgery uh, coming up too. Played Travis the, is in Ohio State. Ohio apologist State. Michael go. Thomas Ohio went to Ohio State. There so there you go. Get um, oh, Buck nuts. Okay, there you go. Well, I'm Put just him. trying to defend the Saints since Steve hates them. I I don't hate him. I was very frustrated watching. It's my Favorite fan base, my favorite state in the country. I do not hate them. I'm just tired of them. Well, you, know? you, you now you can get some rest because they're done. But we, we just watching Green Bay. It feels like Rogers is in the Matrix right now. It feels like really he does, got, man. It feels like he's got his hands on the on a different wheel and is orchestrating at a level. Uh, I, there's one play Cheesehead TV put out just a kind of a not even a not even a mashup. What is an all 22 is, but I might've just been like the replay where you mm-hmm. see Rogers come up, survey the field. He changed. He says, Allen, he just says, Allen and gives him a little look as if to say, you go just to run a post. <laughs> and then he throws a perfect post and his touchdown play the fight song. As I say for college football, and it's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're not going to play a better defense than the Rams the rest of the way. Now, Tampa Bay's defense can be really good. They, they, ate up Rogers the first time they met, but Rogers just feels like, again, matrix feels like it's all slowed down. Now he's just looking at the bullets as they're coming at him and he just grabs one out of the air and drops it on the ground. I don't, I don't feel like anybody's beaten green Bay. Anybody. I feel like they won the super bowl. Wow. All the way I there. I, I, I really confident about um, them this week. Uh, I mean, I just look, you know, being a former time, Robert Tunyon, Like, Rodgers has turned him – like, he's a guy now. Like, you got to make sure you know where he is on the field every snap. Uh, Lazard comes back. Um, I mean, the run game is really, really dangerous. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of showing up things. Obviously, Donald wasn't 100%, but their O-line, you know, losing back to Yari was enormous. But you know what? Rodgers knows, man. He knows – 
you know, where where to be, where to go, moving guys around pre-snap again. They get the Rams with too many guys on the field. That's like a joke. Like, he has to get one of those. And he's just out there laughing. Like, that has to be – I don't even know how frustrating for a defense to have to play against him where he's just smiling out there and so nonchalant. So no matter how the cards come out of the deck – for Tampa, I mean, we could get our first ever home team in Tampa Bay, uh, and it would be insane. I mean, kind of. I feel like I'm kind of just glossing. We haven't even addressed the just the Brady piece of it. I mean, you go there, and in your first year, you make it to a title game, and it's you against Rogers. I mean, it's just well, it's, it's insane. But I mean, there he is, and I mean, you could you could get Brady against the guy Mahomes, who's sort of seen as the next Brady. You, you could get Buffalo and all that would come with that fan base. You can get Rogers, who's Neo right now, just in, in the Matrix. Like, however, however you. You get the cards coming out of the deck here. You're getting, you're getting a, a as good a Super Bowl hand as you could hope for. Is that's just sort of how I see it. But I just, I just feel like Rodgers and Green Bay are, are on a are on a plane that will not allow them to lose a game. Who, what underdog do you give a better chance to? I would have to say, having said that, like one or the other. Uh that's. That's really well. The, 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 you could the, say it's the, a good the, question. You could say that. I don't know the answer because, like, <laughs> I mean, you got, I assume you got your bell rung, you get concussed, and everyone's different. But I mean, Mahomes was gone. So we just, are we just assuming as we talk on a Tuesday afternoon, are we just assuming, like, no, no, he's playing because he's playing? But I mean, I don't know. We, we don't know for sure if he's good. Yeah, no, and that's it's why I asked the question. Not, it's a lot to not know. Like, yeah, to I mean, not know for sure whether the remarkable talent of, of Patrick Mahomes is going to be, I mean, we assume, but it's, again, uh, that assumption is pretty significant. I would, I'll flip it back at you because I, I last week liked the Rams, the Saints, and uh, the Ravens. Who do you, which underdog do you give a better chance to win? Buffalo. Uh, I, think, I think there's a – I know both – of these games are rematches, but I really think Buffalo, the idea of how close they were, knowing what they have to do. Uh, Tampa, I think, knows that they were in a fortunate um, situation when Green Bay came down to it and they, and they gave it to them. Tampa was really desperate in that spot. I think Green Bay knows. It's kind of like the idea of Tampa in New Orleans last week and then the last time we saw Tampa in New Orleans was that Sunday night blowout. I think Green yep. Bay knows exactly what happened in that game. There's turnovers involved. Rodgers was, you know, they actually yeah, got a took pick, a lead early. The whole, yeah. they, they dominated the first quarter. Then there was a pick six. The whole yeah. game changed, and the and the wheels absolutely fell off in that game. Shout to you and um, Damian Woody, by the way, because when we were talking on SportsCenter last week about the old idea that it's hard to beat a team three times, mm. and I laughed and said, well, it's a whole lot easier if you've already beaten them twice. <laughs> and you and Damian Woody have both said, well, I wouldn't want to be the Saints. Mm. because of that fact and you know they look that defense was real what do we got for weather in both those games can i pivot what do we got for yet. weather haven't looked haven't looked okay. yet i, I right. it's you gotta you gotta give time All steve right. likes to talk about the, the wet fronts that's it's not a technical term uh i haven't looked yet i i will take i you know what I, i'm sitting here acting like i don't have a, a yeah an you have iPad. a doppler on your hand yeah i have it right here just give me one moment here Nothing quite like this content. Because I like, I think TB12 is. Uh... Here's where Scott looks up the NOAA 
weather forecast for Green Bay, Wisconsin. Talk amongst yourselves. Is it a model? Green, uh, yeah, it's it's we the models, the Euro. Oh, what do we got? Sunday, chance of snow, high near 28. How about how about how about Rogers Brady snow game? Shout out to Boomer. Uh, the Bay of Pigs. They Lambo frozen tundra. They what? Oh, holy makihiki ho to you. I think that means Happy New Year. It's a little late for that. I'm just saying anything I can think of from Berman. So a chance of snow, 28. Uh, Kansas City, while we're at it, in case you're interested with that. We didn't get the snow um, for, for Saturday night in, um, in Buffalo, which was disappointing. No, no squalls. We, I was oh, looking yeah, for squalls. squalls, didn't have it. Sunday, cloudy, 48, so not an issue. So no, no, weather, no weather impacting the, the Buffalo game, but uh, chance of snow in, in Lambeau. Rooting for that, just to, just even if it's mood flakes, just to see him falling, that'll be good. Uh, I want to I want to pivot to a pivot. to a, to a Don't travel, just pivot. All right, it's exactly P- pivot foot. Tennessee fired Jeremy Pruitt on Monday. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Mike, what interests me here isn't necessarily who they should hire. Our friend Bruce Feldman was writing about that. that there's level one and two violations, which are we kind of creating those as a reason to get out for cause and not have to pay? I'm sure. I mean, Pruitt's lawyers have already put out like, bring it on. We'll see you in the octagon because they want their money and they're ready to. I mean, discovery and all that, 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 that would just pay the dude because you don't you don't need this to get extra messy. But. It's not about who they should hire. It's not about the timing, which is horrible, um, and screws kids that, that signed, which, by the way, they, I mean, they could get out of, but it gets, it gets sometimes contentious. It's more about this thought, Steve. I don't know what's harder in sports, but particularly college sports, than to be a fan base who has been something that you're not anymore but you still live as if you are that thing. And I don't know who is a better example of that than Tennessee. There are, there, there are a number of them. Um, I just, a quick thought, 2002, Maryland won a basketball title. And my default line with this is always that it's like a winter jacket. And all you need is one winter jacket to keep you warm. And even if it's like that down jacket where it gets a little hole and the, and the feathers start falling out and you got to put duct tape on it, I'm good. I got a winter jacket. I'm good. But nearly 20 years later, you know, your fan base wants, wants you to be something approaching that, even though in the history of Maryland basketball it was a two-year window, two Final Fours ever, and they were back-to-back years you win a title. But what happens to the fan base is you, you become you – become a prisoner of your past where nothing will make you happy except that. And I, I, I guess what I'd say is I, I feel like I've seen it on a small window, right? Wanting to be what you were. And by all means, of course you want to be what you were because it was fun to see the top of the mountain. Remarkable, incredible. But in 1998, Tennessee won a, won a title. Steve, I've done some research here. We got notes. Notes. <laughs> title in 98 for Tennessee. Yep. Their last 10-win season was 2007. 2007, last 10-win season. Since that time, their rivals in the SEC East Florida have had six 
10 win seasons and won two national titles. Mm. Their rivals from the SEC East in Athens, the Georgia Bulldogs, have had eight, eight 10 win seasons, didn't win a title, but they played for it against Alabama. So your two primary rivals since your last 10 win season have had six and eight, won two titles, played for one. You, meanwhile, fired Phil Fulmer, who was the winner of that last 10-game season in 2007. He coached in 2008. Then you had Kiffin. Then you had Dooley. Then you had Butch Jones. Then you had Jeremy Piv- uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Not Jeremy Piven. He's no, an actor. Not, 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 not the guy you want coaching your football team. Jeremy Pruitt, probably not the guy you want acting in your next ensemble HBO show. Five coaches, zero 10-win seasons. That is 13 seasons, Steve. Mm-hmm. Tennessee football is four games under 500 for 13 seasons, 78 and 82. Less than half the time have you played in bowl games. Six times in 13 years you've played in bowl games. So in review, everything I just said is a fact, not an opinion. Not an, Nothing is an opinion here. These are a, a recitation of facts. Your football team doesn't stink. Far from it. But you're not the team that won a title in 98. And so when you become a prisoner to the idea of what you once were, which prevents you from allowing what you are because other people have become more than you are, I don't know how you ever escape that cycle. What do you do? I have no idea. I, I, I mean, there's stuff coming out now. <clears throat> you know, I, I saw Dan Patrick say, you know, they got a little sloppy in recruiting. They were giving bags of cash and McDonald's bags. That's going to go over well on the internet. Um, but if you just take take this stuff off the field, but like Jeremy Pruitt, was he 16 and 19 in three years, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what these fan bases, especially this one, like this accelerated belief that you belong at top because you have a rival that's won national championships on the other there's the West that you play every year and you smoke cigars if you beat them. And you guys haven't smoked cigars in a long time in that game. But I don't know how these coaches are supposed to come in and do it if they don't get the time. I really don't. Like, I, I understand that. But, I mean, I go all the way. It, it, there's so many examples of it. And it, it, you, can't, you can't do it. I mean, you got a first-year head coach, your guy that won the national title, this is his guy he wanted to bring in, and it's three years. And one of the years is a a pandemic. Three years. And this is last week. I was going to pick up some some dinner for the family. Shout out to Lito's Pizza. They don't cut corners. It's square. It's like a rectangle. Pieces are very small, which is it messes with your head because you think because you can eat like 24 of those pieces. And it feels like, well, they're a little. I mean, I didn't. (laughs) How many pieces of pizza you have, Dad? I don't know, like 20. That seems like kind of a lot. You know, actually, it turned out it was. I don't feel very well. Um, went to pick up a pizza, and I almost ran into some guy pulling in the parking lot. Oh. And I noticed the I noticed the back of his truck had a Vols thing on it. Um, he went and got his pie. I got mine. And at some point, we started chit chatting. And I said, I noticed you had you had Vols on the back of your of your uh, truck. And he said, Yeah. And I said, Let me ask you a question. He's like, You're going to ask about Jeremy Pruitt. I said, I am. I said, You know, you're going to fire him, right? He's like, yeah, I said, do you want to fire him? And he starts hemming and hawing. I said, just answer the question. He's like, well, and I said, see, this is the problem with your fan base. And then we had this great, honest chat. You got to get five years. It's a five-year window. 
to be reasonable with a coach. Steve, think about guys you came in with at Stanford. Maybe uh-huh. it's a big alignment who's big, big frame, but he's still chubby, baby fat, not strong, got to go training table, got to go weights. And even then, maybe he's two years from being able to contribute, maybe three years from being really good. But you're, you're going to have some percentage of your recruiting class that, that, that need the time. And as a coach, you need the time to establish the relationships, to bring people in, to, to let your program take root. But they don't get that time. No. And again, look at this. Like Butch Jones got the most time. I want to say it was four or five years tops. But Kiffin got one and he split. Dooley got three. Now, now Pruitt gets three. And I get it. In the SEC, you're looking around, and it's an arms race, and you guys have an incredible stadium. When it's filled, it's it's great. Everybody loves your checkerboard end zones. Mm-hmm. People have different feelings about Rocket Top, but, I mean, I don't mind hearing it. Um, the whole nailing Navy or whatever it is, you guys coming on the river. I mean, like, I want Tennessee to be good because college football is more fun when you are good. And you you feel like you've got the, the, the facilities and tradition. You have all those things. What you don't have is any patience and any – honesty with yourselves about where you are and so this isn't unique to you you guys are just right now the example to focus in on um that's just mind-boggling i i just i don't know i don't know who you think's coming in with a magic wand that's going to make you what you were for that moment in time in the 90s but like because the stakes are so high and because the impatience in the sec is unrivaled this is what you get like Look at like UCLA basketball. Nobody was better than them. But what it feels like out there is that they don't care. Like there's just indifference. So, you know, coaches have come in and they, you know, Paulie sort of it's not it hasn't been filled. They haven't been great, but it doesn't feel like there's it doesn't feel like anybody's stressed about it the way it feels like people in the SEC get stressed. And Tennessee, you're the team we're talking about today just because all these things I recite are facts. I just don't know who you think you're getting and, and how you think that they're going to make it all better. I don't understand what these fan bases want. Like this is they what want to so, be Alabama. Well, come on. So you know what you need to do? Get that out of your head. You're, this is what you're asking these guys to do. Okay. Whoever gets this job. All right. You're coming in. First of all, you have to keep the recruits that were that Pruitt had, which were pretty good. It looks like, okay. You have to hire a staff. You have to now win the transfer transfer portal, okay? And you have to be extremely lucky in doing all those things and every having everything come together because you know the clock is ticking in what thirty six months. That's what you have. That's not fair. It's 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 not fair. It's not conducive. It's not going to happen, especially in this day and age when in that conference every single other fan base that's more successful as you is throwing it in your face because you can't get off message boards because that's all you're reading every day. And they're already 10 steps ahead of you. Like that's like, you just, you got to take a step back. I'm sorry. It's not possible. All that's, that's a tough teaspoon of, of tough love right there. That's yeah. a teaspoon of tough love from Stanford. Steve, get off the message boards. Yeah. Be honest with yourself. Give somebody a sincere window of time to try to dig their heels in and and fight but that's not what happens it just doesn't happen but i i was i mean the thing about time especially as you get older is it gets away from you in a hurry and it's disarming but like 13 years since you 
since you had a 10 win year, like you're like, wow, man. And Bush Jones, to be fair, had two nine win years. So like, again, like yeah. I said, it's not like yeah. they, I, I, I said they weren't terrible at all. Um, but you're under 500 for 13 years. You've played in bowl games less than half the time in those 13 years. And you've had now five coaches. Now you're getting ready to have your sixth. Um, I, I just, I don't know what it is you think is going to happen. And, and you, again, you you're just the, you're the program we're talking about now. It could be any number of programs. People remember what that fillet tasted like. You know that's the hard thing. You, you, and you just think I, I want to eat that again. Well, I don't blame you, but you got to let the cook cook. Um, and I just it's I got nothing else. Um, I'm with you. And they actually have an awesome steakhouse in Knoxville. Ye old steakhouse, really. There good. you go. There you um, go. I got a couple things. Scott on the spot. Sure. Scott on the spot. Wow. Do you love anything more than people in Maryland love playing golf? Say that again. Do you love anything as much as people in Maryland love playing golf? Um, I'd like to think I love my family more than they love playing golf. What's the root of this? The fact that when you drive by on a 34 degree day and you look out on a golf course, there's people out there bundled up playing. It's insane, Scott. Now my daughters, every day when they come back, they'll count the cars that are in there. I think they got to whatever, 40 something cars, uh, yesterday morning. It's 28 degrees at 7am. Like, are you talking about shout out to falls road? Shout out Falls Road Golf Course right down the street. What's up? Yeah. Um, I, it, it's amazing to me. I drive by and there's people out there constantly. It's what is it? It's January 19th. Like, get a simulator, put it in the garage or something, man. Work on the swing. Like, it's it's amazing to me, man. It really is. I've never seen anything like it because Connecticut, obviously, everybody shuts down for the winter, but this fall, it, it's it's amazing how many people there are there. I I agree. Basis. I am not. I am. I am very, very temperature specific for golf. I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but there's no chance that I would play. Like less than no chance that I would play golf on one of those days. So I I have no idea why. It's. I think it's. A, it's a passion that's that's not unique to Maryland, but it's it's. It definitely is a problem down there. People need it's to be amazing. We just um, need one snowfall. It just doesn't snow there. We need one snowfall, and then you shut it down. But until it snows, they will play all winter long. Okay. Um, watching the golf the last couple of weeks in Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Steve Sands holding it down last week. Why doesn't golf end the season in hot Hawaii? Wouldn't that be better? Like, if you have something to look forward to at the end? No. No, oh. here's what you need. Those those degenerates that are out there when it's 28 degrees and, and then all the places where you cannot play golf, they love the game that way. And so if they can't play the game, let's say you're up in Minnesota or you're in, you know, anywhere where there's snow on the ground right now. Well, what's better than in prime time turning on Golf Channel and hearing our guy Steve Sands, hashtag keep your poise, talking about why lie. And, and the weather wasn't even very good there last week, but it's, you need something. You get prime time, okay. palm trees, surf and sun, and the rest of the country is looking at that going, oh, wow. So I get what you're saying. It's like a nice 
kind of carrot at the end of the at the end of the season. But you know what you have at the end of the season is the carrot, uh, an eight figure payout in the playoff. That's that's what you got to look forward to. And then I would want to win that in Hawaii. That's all I'm saying. It's like it's like NASCAR. Like they start with their Super Bowl. Like I I don't I don't I don't understand that. Stanford Steve's scheduling czar. NASCAR and PGA Tour. Get at him. He's going to sort out your schedule. So you get you guys are going to do Daytona last, and you're going to do Hawaii last. Okay. Next one. Last. Why do some of the camera angles at these college hoop arenas with no fans suck? Like I get dizzy. Last night I'm watching Louisville. I get dizzy. Oklahoma State is back to this thing. I don't know where if they're up on the roof filming they, it. Yeah, I think like, get, got, there's like, no fans. Let's get the camera closer. I have no counter to that. It's you're right, especially Gallagher Iba. Like the, the it's a bandbox oh. and the and up in up in uh, Stillwater, it just it feels like they've got one of those camera deals where it's on the on the on the wires hanging off the rafters. Wait, well, why don't we just move it down low? I feel like there've been some arenas where they've actually moved it low and you get great vantage. Points. Yeah. There's nobody there. <laughs> move it down low. Although Baylor last night felt kind of loud. There's some folks in Waco. Shout out to the guy in the front row that had Baylor minus eight and a half. Ooh, we had a little bank in there. Felt like Sorry that guy walked that. for. Felt like the guy for Kansas might have. I was just gonna ask you. Oh, he walked, but it's there's two seconds left. The referee's not really. Uh, I'm just glad the director had the camera on him because usually they're showing the handshake uh, around that. And by the um, way, Scott Drew, uh, Scott Drew had this to say about the uh, about that play. Were you a little surprised they fired up that three at the end when normally they dribble it out? I think we'll be on Scott Van Pelt's bad beats. Shout to Scott Drew for under knowing that segment and knowing that that impacted it. Absolutely. Hmm. Who nah, it's just, it's, nah, it's just it's 2021. People huh. people are aware of these things, and probably somebody walking into the into locker room is like, "Coach, I had his minus eight and a half. <laughs> Damn it." <laughs> Why did why did I just make the Baylor fan Yosemite Sam? I have no I idea. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, one thing I do want to give a shout out, uh, Kevin Harlan. I was driving to go pick up dinner Sunday night. Heard him calling on the radio the Chiefs game, and I could tell something wasn't right. He didn't sound like himself. Sure enough, vocal issue. Couldn't do the late. He was supposed to do Lakers Warriors last night. Um, Brian Anderson. Does both games last night, but I mean, Kevin Harlan, if there's not more of a professional fighting through an AFC divisional playoff game who, you know, Chiefs, we know the history there, but hopefully he feels better and, and gets better. But hearing him power through that game was absolutely amazing. And uh, it just shows you they don't make them like they used to. Yeah, he's a legend. And I mean, oh. in, in, a, in, a, in a profession where your voice is mm-hmm. your is your that's that is your job like yeah. without it you can't do your job so i like i uh i'd echo what steve had to say i didn't hear it but i'm hoping he uh he feels better soon he is mm. one of the all-time all-timers um we're just two idiots uh talking about scheduling issues and camera angles and things of that nature i'm going to get shots up all right steve's going to go get some free throws up uh i will meet you soon out there what would you hit last time steve steve shoots 100 free throws and the the most recent uh 100 how many did you make 74. You're right. You're right. Settle in there in the mid 70s. I want to I want you to try to creep up to 80. I want you to focus I'm on trying. The, the, the wind Arcs. and the winds, a little factor, double rims. It's been a while. It's been 15 years, Scott. I understand. But I just want you to think about like my dad used to tell me the holes on top of the basket buzz. You got to put some arc on the ball. So I want yep. you to think about arc and yep. think about this on the way out, people. 
Remember how Steve made fun of the people out there playing golf when it's 28 degrees? He's getting ready to walk to an outdoor park by himself with a basketball to shoot 100 free throws. So, yep. you know, we've, we've all got our stuff. Maybe we don't Things judge are looking so much. Up. Maybe we don't judge so much. And that's, that's, that's how we're going to end this one. Don't judge. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye.